All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode here on the Lure Lab, a part of the Serious Angler Network. And I am your host, Andrew Full. Today, we are diving into a forgotten technique, not just here in the Great Lakes, but basically on all smallmouth fisheries in the northern United States and maybe even Canada. And that is we are talking about tube fishing with the upper Midwest hammer, Hayden Anderson. If none of you guys follow him on social media, you should really check out his page. He guides, I believe, in northern Wisconsin, and they just catch giant smallmouth over there. So you definitely want to check him out. Uh, but first, some housekeeping. Last week's episode was on winter crankbait fishing with the bait man himself, Kevin Baxter. We got into all kinds of crazy wintertime crankbaits and where to fish them, depth depth ranges and colors and little tips and tricks to help you put more bass in the boat. But before I keep rambling on here about all the good stuff, let's get Hayden in here and talk about some tube fishing for giant smallmouth. What's up, man? How you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Not bad. Are you freezing over there yet? Yeah, we definitely are. It's been pretty steady snow all winter long got blasted pretty hard a couple times and then it's just been like two three inches seems like every week so we got a whole pile of snow outside right now when when can you start bass fishing over there like when do like the great lakes start opening up so you can slide out there and catch them early that cold winter time uh it changes every year it seems like it varies a bunch like last year we had a really late ice out um i don't think we had ice out till almost the first week of may last year so that's pretty late but we've had it years as early as uh middle of march or end of march middle of march would be really early but typically first part of april seems to be you know usually when you can get out there and ice is in really bad shape right now with all the snow on top of it it's been super yeah. slushy and hasn't been making very good ice so i got a feeling this year it might be uh might be an early ice out yeah, because you guys usually have like a historically early warm up compared to over to us over here in the Northeast, right? Like your warm up starts right around that March, but you guys are usually so cold, you got like feet of ice to melt off. So it takes a little right. bit to all disappear. Yeah, like last year, it stayed pretty cold and we had a lot of really, really cold, like 20 below stretches last winter. So the ice was really thick and strong. And then, uh, you know, it starts getting pretty nice in March, but you know, trying to melt through 26 to 30 inches of ice, you know, it takes, it takes a long time. Bit. Yeah. So as soon as that ice melts, we're going to digress here. Is the first bait you pick up usually a tube? First oh, it's definitely, bait. yeah, definitely in the top three, but it's yeah. my, probably my number one dragging bait for sure. You can't beat a tube any yeah. time of year for smallmouth. And today we're talking specific like cold water, leading into like that pre-spawn or coming into winter, leaving winter. There's like my, that's my favorite time to throw a tube. So I figured mm -hmm. there's no one better to pick their brain about this than you. Cause I see all the giants that you catch um, over there almost until you can't go fishing anymore. So yeah, it's, literally, uh, literally like, until you can't launch a boat. Dude, it's nuts. You'd love to be here right now. Like if we had no wind, we can still get out and catch bass right now. Lake Erie is still mm -hmm. like 37, 38 degrees. A lot of our inland lakes are still open, but my boat's an hour away. Otherwise, yeah. I'd probably be out on it. It's tough. It is what it is. So let's dive right in, though, right? Like, So we're talking tube fishing in the winter, late winter, pre-spawn. Where do you target bass with a tube during this cold water time? Um, so it's usually going to be deep water. It depends on the lake, of course, but 
Uh, most good smallmouth lakes by me are pretty clear lakes, so they, they winter pretty deep. And uh, so I guess the winter time, it, I guess for me, it starts in the fall because you're able to follow them to where they'll last hang out uh, for the whole winter throughout the fall. So late fall, wherever you're catching them there, usually is where you're going to find them again uh, right away in the spring when the ice goes. And uh, I even stay occupied throughout the winter time catching smallmouth through the ice because um, there's really nothing better to do. But <laughs> so I'm able to kind of keep tabs on them every every couple of weeks throughout the winter time. And, and you know, as soon as the ice goes, they, they don't move very far. But um, yeah, it's usually going to be deep rock piles, main lake type stuff. It, it changes on all kinds of different lakes. Sometimes it'll be like a shallower flat or, you know, it, uh, yeah, it varies, but usually, usually a nice deep rocky or sandy type hump. Did you ever watch like Zona's videos in Michigan of him cracking a tube shallow for largemouth, like right after ice out? Yeah, I've seen, I think maybe, maybe we're even thinking of the same one, but it was like, he had like a, uh, a big uh, warm spell or something weird yeah. in like February or some odd thing. And yeah, he was out cracking <laughs> tubes and yeah, it was shallow largemouth. It was, that was a weird one. Yeah, if we're thinking, but he does that all the time, so we could be thinking about different episodes. But yeah, I I feel like he's done like seven or eight episodes like that. But I'm like, that looks like fun. I need to try it. I've tried it. I'll be honest. I don't have any. I don't have much sand in my lakes over here on inland bodies of water, and I just I can't find a place for them to get on it. But I also haven't really tried it a lot. I've been because he's he's so good at it, and it's so powerful for him and i so i've tried to like emulate exactly what he yeah. does even down to the hook set because like you know he claims you have to have that hook set to actually get the hook in with all yeah. that you know light floral but um it's goofy to get used to but i've i've had a little bit of success doing that you know there's times definitely when the water's cold where you can kind of do that constant like you know slack to tot line just barely hopping it creeping that uh, tube yeah but it works he's definitely he's i mean he's obviously on to something but it's it's a tough thing to to duplicate i think but that can be yeah. a really good way to... when you've been doing it for like probably close to 30 years right I mean, yeah think that. about how many think about how many thousands of smallmouth he probably caught before and he large even, mouth like just and, yeah and large mouth before he even like exposed it to yeah any of his tv shows or anything. Like, well i not now i have better juice so teach everyone about cracking right. when the water's 35 degrees so yeah. what is your tube setup so i have two of them because i like to mix in uh anywhere from a two and a half to two and three quarter size and i'll throw that on a spinning rod before we talk to you though like let's go oh. rod real and line i apologize that's I what i mean i'm saying because i like to throw yeah. the small one on a spinning rod a bigger one on my bay caster and so yeah uh spinning rod setup yeah, it's usually a seven foot to a seven. I mean, anywhere from seven foot to a seven six is going to be good, but I like a little bit longer one. Um, so I typically will use a seven two, and it's actually a medium heavy. A um, little bit more backbone with a tube is kind of nice because a lot of times your, you know, your rod tip might be pointed in the air, maybe eleven o'clock position when you're kind of hopping the long, dragging it along, and if you get bit right at the top of your drag, it's good to be able to you know, yeah. give it to them and have that immediate yeah. backbone right away to, to drive that home. Cause if you're using a medium light or <clears throat> even just a, a medium, sometimes you might not get a good hook into them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, if you get caught with your pants down, kind of right at the top of your drag with your rod pointing straight in the air. So, and that's when a little extra length helps to have enough. You know, Good thing it's winter time. Food. They're not probably spitting it out right away. They're a little slow. Right, but they're also not grabbing it that good either. So it's, it's yeah, give yeah. and take. Right. So your exactly. casting setup. Yep, casting setup. Um, that's going to be a seven six medium heavy, um, and, and just a fast action, not like an extra fast. Um, because I like to be able to have you know, kind of opposite of what I was just saying with the spinning rod like to have a little bit more uh, bend on my bait caster because, you know, you're going, uh, you know, a little heavier weight, but it's it's nice when you're setting the hook at the, a bait caster, having a little extra absorption to, you know, play those fish. Absolutely. On a long cast like that. So are you um, using like an eight to one gear ratio reel too? Yes. Cause I like, I go straight floral on my bait caster setup. And so, um, yeah, I like to go, a fast reel because a little bit of that stretch in the line on a long cast you got to be able to crank down and uh pick up all that line so, so is it and usually, safe? oh go ahead. Again. I, was gonna, I was gonna ask is it safe to assume that your spinning reel then has braid on it yes so my spinning reel i prefer eight pound braid i know it's lighter than what a lot of guys would like to do but cast it forever right i mean i i've had no issues with it because i'm always tying a leader to it so i go anywhere from you know, <clears throat> six, seven, maybe not for a tube, but usually 10 to 12 is my tube uh, uh, line for a spinning rod on my leader. So your floral leader is 10 to 12 pound. 10 or 12 usually, yeah, because I mean, usually you're fishing around rocks or yeah. something like that. And so, um, and early in the season, they're usually not that picky where they're not going to be super line shy. So you can you can get away with a little bit heavier line. It doesn't have to be super finesse, but uh then on my casting rod is going to be anywhere from 14 to 16 pound. Usually 16. Be, I love it. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about Zona's video and he uses what straight fluorocarbon, I think when he's fishing like a tube. Yeah. Shell. When he's, yeah. When he's doing his, you know, tube crack and setup, he goes straight eight pound uh, floral on a spinning rod. Huh. And I think he uses like a seven, three or something, you know, medium hmm. or something. I want to say. Yeah. I but actually, I I've always teetered back and forth on like the braid to fluoro and straight fluoro for a tube. I think personally for me, I like straight fluoro for a tube for whatever reason. I don't lose as many fish. And I think it's because when you're dragging it out in Great Lakes, because of a half ounce or three eighth ounce head with a little bit more stretch, it's when that weight gets swinging in their mouth when they come up and jumping, I feel like I don't they don't throw it as easily with yeah. that fluorocarbon stretch. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I lose a ton of fish on a tube running braid fluoro. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not the greatest tube fisherman either, so it could be my rod setup, and that's just because it's a forgotten technique. Ten years ago, it's all I would have used, and then I found a net. Right. So, all right, well, let's dive into it. You like tubes that are two and a half and three and a half. So, what are your favorite tubes? And then maybe throw a couple colors out there that you like to use, and when you go to those colors. Yeah, so um, I'll start with uh, the sizes. So uh, two and a half or two and three quarter. Um, did you say what ones? What uh, yeah. like brands like, you're saying? Yeah, yeah brands. Yeah. Um, Strike King makes a really nice little bitsy tube. Um, that one's, that one, I believe that one's a two and a half. 
I mean, it might even say two and three quarter on the package, but I feel like it's closer to a two and a half. It's definitely smaller than some of the other ones I like to use. Um, but that's a good one. Um, kind of a thinner uh, body to it. Like it's not, not a lot of, you know, plastic between mm -hmm. the jig head and the, you know, so that's a good one. A little bit more finessey. Uh, the other one I like is the X-Zone. They have a nice tiny little tube and <clears throat> they offer it in quite a few good colors. So those are two of my favorite little ones. And yeah, I mean, I'll just randomly see other packages or other brands of the, you know, that make the tiny ones and pick them up and try them out. The Maxent ones is pretty good too. Plus it's soaked in Maxent. So it just falls you know. apart after like, right. it, yeah, it's if you hit soft. a rock with it, it falls apart just right. right. So. But, but it is, I mean, it's, it's solid solid option and, and you know maybe if you're doing more dead sticking or something like that it might not matter as much plus it'll have a little extra scent um but then as far as uh three and a half or sometimes even four inch the you know tough to get again tough to go wrong with uh, a strike king coffee tube those are you know some of the best ones i think and then also let's see Poor boys, Bates makes some nice tubes. Those ones are actually a uh, four inch, though. Mm -hmm. You can always trim the the you know appendages down a little bit yep. if you want. Like a short. Turn it up. They, yeah, they make a nice one too. Um, let's see. You ever use like the ISG tubes? I think they're called. yes. That was yeah. one I was forgetting. Yep, that's actually a yep. That's a nice one too. That one's actually the the little one anyway. Is really similar to the Strike King Bitsy tube, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I, think I agree. Yeah. They're like I think they're double dipped. That's the only the only thing I don't like about ISGs is the, like the head of them is super tough, but okay. they have great action and a ton of salt on them. So right. I, they're good tubes. They're just very tough. I, I'm personally in like a big poor police tube. Like those are pretty much the only yeah. ones I ever throw. They're nice and they're nice and soft too. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. They come in nice bulk packages. Yeah. You know, you order. You know, it's like a ten dollars for a bag, but you get twenty five of them. Yeah. So. And a tube usually it. lasts you if you don't break it off all day. And, but you can right. go exactly. quick and rocks. You can so. catch 15 fish usually on one tube. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, and then colors. I'm always typically going to be going green pumpkin based. That's kind of, you know, anywhere from just black flake or orange flake, maybe some purple, gold. Yeah. You know, maybe it just depends on. You really don't need anything water. else besides maybe no. like. I've actually caught a lot of big smallmouth on a watermelon red tube on like bright, sunny, calm days, but that's like the only time I'll throw it. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. And the best pro tender tube. I don't know if you've ever used those. I've never used them. I hear about them and yeah. uh, never, never tried them, but do they make them anymore? Is that? They still do. The, yeah. They, they do. still okay. make them. Yeah. And they're the, super, super fragile. So you gotta okay. be careful what tube jig had you put into them, but they're good. Gotcha. So well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, now that we're on the topic of tube jig heads, are you, what do you like here? Are you like a long cylinder guy? Are you like one of those round fat headed ones that imitate gobies? Or I've seen guys that shove like a football jig head in there. Which tube head do you use? Or is it all situational? Based? It's all three of them. And it's always, yeah, I use all three different styles and it's always situational. Um, I like to, on the baby tubes, I typically will use a, a small football head. <clears throat> Any uh, Owner and Gamakatsu both make little football heads um, that have the right size hook that fits in them. And most of the time I'm throwing 
uh, like a quarter ounce, three sixteenths or a quarter ounce, um, a tiny tube like that, even in deep water that you don't need to really bump it up to a, a three eighths. It doesn't seem like not very often anyway, cause it's so small. It sinks pretty easy light line. You know, you can keep a quarter ounce down pretty easy. So I like using a, a little football head with those. Um, but as far as the bigger tubes, um, I'll use some of the fatter ones. Um, most of the time, that's what I'll start with is the kind of the Gobi imitating style, you know, mm -hmm. fat head tubes. Um, but it, there are times where I think if they're really choking it and you're setting the hook that, you know, the big bulbous head sometimes will pop the mouth open mm. and you'll, you know, it'll come right out and you'll be missing fish, but they're hitting it really hard. So you're wondering, well, why am I missing them? But then I found it where I'll go to just a, you know, long cylinder style, long like cylinder style one. I carry those in, in the same weights um, for situations like that. And, uh, and you feel like you lose less fish when you switch. Yeah, it seems like it, you know, maybe on a, a calm day when they're, you know, I mean, there's a million different situations where it could, you know, kind of pan out. But I've, I've seen like the, the hookup ratio will go up a little bit when, uh, when you do that. Hmm. So, and the, very interesting the fall the fall can be different too between those two head styles mm -hmm. the long cylindrical uh style head seems like it'll give it way more of a you know spiral on the fall yeah. since it's kind of the weight's kind of spread throughout the tube versus all right at the right at the head makes sense so hayden it yeah. sounds like you are the type of guy that when you go tube fishing you probably have eight rods rigged up with eight different tubes and colors <laughs> there, and yeah head very styles. Mean, you got to have a handful of different rods yeah. ready. It's awesome. I yeah. I definitely want to get back into tube fishing this year. And I keep like, I really got to do this. And now you're going to make me go out and buy a bunch of different heads. Well, I should say buy. I don't have to buy. I can actually pour my own heads. There you go. Do up mold, tube jig mold yeah. I have. So I should really just do that instead of yeah, wasting all my money on tube jig heads. Yeah. I, should put in, <laughs> I need to put in my order with you. <laughs> break them off as often as we do i need to, oh, it's uh, terrible. I need to get a bulk order <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i've actually yet to pour tube jig head so i'd be interested because yeah. i love messing around with like hooks and what the mm -hmm. best hook is and stuff because it's all situational i found different hooks are good for different rods too like it's sure. just wild how technical we can really get down yeah into the nitty-gritty of bass fishing when really Ultimately, it's just confidence, and you can catch mm -hmm. a fish on anything. So, but uh, so big, yeah, it's crazy. If you don't have confidence, you ain't catching fish. So, yeah. But Hayden, last question, and I'll let you run here. And it's the juice of the show that has been customized by Do It Molds. If you'd like to create your own custom tackle, make sure you check out the link below in the show description. So the do it molds juice of the show is what is one customization tip or modification you do with your tube jigs to help you put more fish in the boat. So two things that I uh, will do. So first thing that I'll do, if I feel like I need to, you know, alter the color even more um, on my tube, maybe if I don't have exactly what I want or they've got fish, maybe you're spitting up crayfish. I always have these, uh, I think they're spike it markers, the, you know, little orange tip spike it marker. You can kind of color the tip of the, uh, the tentacles on them to kind of give off that, you know, craw, claw, uh, orange tip. Um, it's a great tip. Or sometimes even color up the belly or, you know, do whatever you want with it, kind of customize that tube that way. 
And uh, the other thing I'll do too is try to really utilize the inside of that, you know, that hollow part of the tube and uh, take some sort of a, you know, paste or jelly style uh, scent and, you know, squeeze it inside of there to kind of, you know, obviously then you got some scent that can never hurt, right? Yeah, I think the big thing on that, too, is not tearing up your tube jig as you're sliding one of those big bulbous heads in there like a football Right, head. that, too. Yeah, kind of using it to, head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then just even after it's in there and after you've been fishing with it for a little bit, just kind of adding a little bit right into the, the back there and, you know, fill up that fill up that space to – because, you know, once it's inside there, it stays a lot better than if it was on the outside of your bait. So it uh, lasts a lot longer sitting inside there. Do you feel like that gets you more bites when you do that? I like it. I like to do it definitely when it's water's cold. So just like we're talking about right now, um, I'll pretty much always have something on the inside of the tube. Scent is huge in cold water for like, no matter if you're not even fishing for bass, like whatever species you go for, like for for whatever reason, the more scent you can use in the cold water, the more bites you get. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that awesome tip. I appreciate it. So Hayden, well, I want to say thank you for joining us here on the Lure Lab on this new show here on the Serious Angler Network. We're closing in on 20 episodes, so I am uh, glad we're able to get you on here, and I'm sure we'll get you on more in the future talking other techniques for smallmouth as the show continues to grow and expand. So I'm going to let you run for now, and we'll chat soon, buddy. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you later. See you. Bye now. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lure Lab, where we discussed wintertime tube jig fishing. Um, Hayden is an absolute animal up there in Wisconsin, catches a ton of big smallmouth on tube jigs. So like I said at the beginning, no one better to get get on this show to talk tube jigs, in my opinion, than Hayden. So, But as always, if you're tuned in on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment below maybe what your favorite tube jig is or your setups that you use, colors, and when you throw them. We love to see that feedback. We love trying out the baits that you mentioned to us. So that's that's one of the best parts about this. Um, If you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a review. It allows us to see and be reached to more bass heads like ourselves here and everyone who's tuning in it's um awesome to see the show grow the serious angler network grow and we can't do it without the support and viewership of everyone who tunes in every week so thank you very much for that but until next time stay tuned for next week's episode (laughs) 